The following is a sponsored program on 100.7 FM, WHIN 1010 AM. The views, information, or opinions expressed during this program are solely those of the individuals or participants involved and do not necessarily represent those of Braden Madison Broadcasting or its employees. 100.7 FM, WHIN 1010 AM presents Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program each Sunday morning at 10 AM. Sumner County Spotlight is brought to you exclusively by FNM Bank, 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. FNM Bank offers personal banking, business banking, and mortgage loans too. FNM Bank is one of the top independent banks in Tennessee. Member FDIC, equal housing lender, MMLS number 518158. Here's your host for Sumner County Spotlight. Jeff Shannon. And good morning. This is Jeff Shannon, your host here for Sumner County Spotlight on this Sunday morning. Uh, brought to you by our friends at FNM Bank, 221 Indian Lake Boulevard, right here in Hendersonville. We appreciate you uh, joining us today, and we've got an exciting topic, and it's been kind of something that's been in the news, and you've probably heard about it. And if you haven't heard about it, then you're probably out there on the goat farm somewhere uh, <laughs> grazing. But yeah, we're talking about the new uh, project going on at the goat farm, and it's going to be a new ice center right here in Sumner County. I thought, hey, Let's bring in Danny Butler, and who better else to talk about this? Well, thanks for having me. I really do appreciate it, and uh, hopefully I can give you some information. Well, I'm sure you can. So you've been, I guess, with the Predators for a while now. Yeah, I've been with with the Preds for 11 years. Started uh, more on the arena side at Bridgestone Arena, oversaw events and kind of anything that happened in building and logistics and operations, and then oversaw or overtook uh, Fort Ice Center Antioch when it was under construction, and uh, now I'm here, I think, 11 years later, so here we go. Wow, yeah, well, you you got enough insight for that, for real. So how did you get started with the the Preds? What was your history prior to that? Yeah, (laughs) long-ish story. (laughs) Um, I was born. I was born. No, I was Born into a, a, a family that's what they did was uh, food and beverage for sports and entertainment uh, venues. Okay. So, uh, born in New York, my dad worked for a company. It's now called Centerplate. They did food and beverage services for arenas and stadiums all over the country. So, uh, spent a lot of time, you know, before we moved to South Carolina. But my dad worked for the Yankees, the Washington Football Team, the Chicago Bears, the Tampa Bay Rays. Kind of bounced around. So, kind of sports and entertainment have always been in my blood. And then when I was 12 years old, we got my dad got transferred from. Long Island, New York, to Greenville, South Carolina, which wow. uh, late 90s. Uh, family was all from New York, very Italian family. Um, so very much of a culture shock moving to uh, you know the Bible Belt in the late 90s. But, so how uh, long did it take you to say y'all? Uh, you know, <laughs> probably three years. Like uh, I moved when I was in middle school, uh, probably once I got to high school. You know, I, I, my, fir- my first year, I remember being, I was in seventh grade. I could not understand my science teacher. And, and I know that sounds... Sounds terrible, but I had no idea if she was saying ball or bowl or <laughs> to turn the lights on or turn them off. I, I you know, but uh, go to supper. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, but my dad got transferred. He became uh, the director of operations of a, a brand new arena in Greenville, South Carolina. That that uh, fifteen thousand seat arena uh, oversaw a minor league hockey team there, and then a uh, bunch of concerts and events. And really, just they built it, you know, in their downtown market to kind of respark what their downtown was, and and that's what he did. So, so kind of grew up in that, you know, and then you know, both my families actually were in it, my mom's side and my dad's side. So really were involved in it since I was I was a kid. You know, so in high school I knew I wanted to go into sports. You know, a lot of kids following their parents' footsteps and their accountants or doctors or lawyers. You know, sports and entertainment was kind of in my blood. So I went to school. I went to a small little Catholic school in North Carolina called Belmont Abbey, majored in sports management. 
I remembered my first class. Professor goes, hey, what do you want to do? Went around the room. I was like, well, I'm going to work in Major League Sports. He's like, yeah, good luck. It doesn't happen to anyone. You'll probably work for a Parks and Rec department. Yeah. I was like, You'll never be in All right. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was a real grumpy old man for some reason. Um, then I, uh, I I did an internship with the Tampa Bay Rays um, in their stadium operations department. That was kind of cool because that was kind of first time full circle. I worked in the same building that my dad did. You know, he oh, yeah. just worked there 20 years before I did. But it was funny. Some of the same people were there. So we interned there. Uh, finished my last year of school. Graduated and moved actually down to Tampa. I worked for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Spent uh, three or four seasons there on the event side, event operations. And then Sean Henry, who was our CEO there, or our COO in Tampa, became the CEO up here in Nashville. Uh, called me about six months later and said, hey, why don't why, why did you come up? And I was like, why Why would I leave the beach? Why would I ever do this? <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> and then he said, just, it, it'll be a good career move for you to move. And I was like, all right, well, so I moved, came up here in March of 2011. And I've been here ever wow. since. Got married, have three kids now, and uh, they can all say y'all. They can all say y'all. They're all uh, <laughs> my wife. My wife's from the south, so uh, it's funny to uh, you know when you get really in the deep south, her her accent comes out a lot. Bless so. your heart. Bless your heart. Yep. <laughs> yep. Well, my my brother-in-law actually lives down in Tampa, and he was one one of the architects on the Rays Stadium. Oh yeah, a uh, long time ago then. Yeah, and uh, so he's he's you know all over the country building stadiums and everything else and arenas and that, yep. I mean that's his thing you know but I think what you you get into something that you really like and you found a passion yep. for this other than food and beverage you know <laughs> kind of thing it's like uh, uh, so exciting because there's just so many opportunities for you that do it and now I mean gosh jumping on board with the with the Preds uh, it's pretty impressive yeah that's a big part of it right there's so many paths you can take and I could have stayed on the food and beverage side which is kind of where our family started but kind of event operations was my passion did in Tampa did it here in Nashville for three years and then I was really presented an opportunity to stay on the event side or take over the Fort Ice Centers I don't know anything about youth hockey I don't know anything about figure skating I don't know anything about construction either so I have no idea why I was given that opportunity but uh, <laughs> but no that's our company's really good at that about promoting from within yeah. and pushing people in, and setting them up for success so you know I jumped at the opportunity to do something that was completely different and completely out of my wheelhouse with knowing that there's a good chance I wasn't going to be successful or mm-hmm. the ranks weren't going to be successful but you know it's funny to look at it probably eight years from there now where we are and you know talking about this facility and this is our fourth one that we're building all of a sudden I've overseen 400 million dollars in construction projects and, and you know multi-million dollar budgets each year so it's uh it's exciting so the Fort Ice Center concept ex- kind of explain what that that whole thing is about yeah again long story so I'll try to make it maybe not so long but really what it comes down to is if you look at any community across the country rich poor it doesn't matter there are baseball fields there are football fields there are soccer fields and there are basketball courts it, 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 there's easy access to those sports there's not easy access to hockey uh, you know it, it's a hard sport to have access to i get it because keeping ice cold in the south is sure. is, is really difficult a lot more expensive to build uh, yeah. exactly you know yeah. you can you can build 400 baseball fields for what it costs to build one shoe device i get that but there was no opportunity for kids really to play right mm-hmm. in the state of tennessee at the time when we first opened our fort ice center there was five sheets of ice so state you know east to west north to south five place five sheets of ice you know even while we're building two of those sheets of ice closed you know so really even made less ability to play so what really we really knew was there was a need for 
kids to play hockey, right? Kids were traveling to Atlanta. Kids were traveling up north. They weren't staying in Nashville to play hockey. And nobody else was building ice rinks. So we said, you know, let's do this. Let's find a way to do this, you know, where it kind of works for everyone, right? You know, so our first two, Antioch and Bellevue, were partnerships with Metro Nashville and their government. So kind of public-private, which it just made sense for Metro to do. You know, they, they funded the foot, the bill to build the building we control the PL. so there's no risk for the city mm-hmm. there so to them it just made sense right you know it's it's good for the community it's a tourism driver for them it's and it's not really a, it's not really anything a city-run project it's all private it's all privately right. run right yeah. you know they left it to somebody who knew how to manage it you know <laughs> after i said i don't know anything about it yeah um, <laughs> uh, yeah but we took on all the risk right yeah. so you know if it lost seven million dollars well, that's on us. And I, it didn't, obviously. But yeah. that's why it just seemed to make sense. So we knew there was a need for ice in the market and a need for people to play hockey. So we, we opened the first one and immediately realized, oh, we need to open another one. Now, the good part is we basically copied a rink design that the Dallas Stars did. You know, the Dallas Stars, not were industry leaders, but mm-hmm. late 90s, they also kind of realized the same thing in Dallas was, well, there's nowhere for kids to play hockey. We have this great team. We moved here from Minnesota. We won a Stanley Cup. But there's nowhere for kids to play. So they built a handful of rinks around Dallas, you know, to make it easier for, for people to get to. Jeff Kogan, who was our CEO at the time, was in Dallas at the time when that, that happened. So basically, we just took the blueprints from their best facilities there. Spent a lot of time in Dallas. Mm-hmm. And then we came out here and said, hey, this is what we think we should do. Right. We did that in Antioch. We changed it a little bit for Bellevue when we opened that in 2019. And then it's the same kind of floor plan we took for what we're doing out here in, in Sumner County. So really, it, it all just came down to there was a need for people to play mm-hmm. or a need for places for people to play. And then with our brand behind it, we really tried to drive traffic and do it in a more unique way than you see across the country. Well, I think that gives it some you know unique credibility right from the get-go. Absolutely. The predators involved in this kind of thing. And so the, the footprint of the floor plan, are they all pretty much going to be the same? That campus going to be? Or th- this one sounds like it's going to be pretty involved because it's there's other facets involved in this project. Yeah, this is going to be, uh, you know, Antioch was built to try to drive traffic back to Antioch, right? You know, in, in early 2000s when the mall left and, mm-hmm. and Antioch needed something to kind of give it a little spark. And that's what the government tried to do there. Bellevue uh, will fall in line, you know, kind of a little bit what Hendersonville is going to be or, or Sumner County where it's a bigger part of a community there and that's what, what the Goat Farm project on Shoot Lane is going to be is just this this really cool driver of uh, tra- not traffic as far as cars but traffic as far as, as consumers coming to the area sure. right you know with the ice rink coming another activity center plus some uh, mixed-use housing, retail, and restaurants. I mean, it's going to be a huge um, entertainment center, basically. And, and, you know, the rinks themselves, what we're seeing, we're seeing over a million visitors a year year through the rinks, which is a a massive number if you really look at it. We estimate each rink does about 6 or $7 million in economic impact. It's a little bit hard to measure, but, you know, we we host about 30 to 45 tournaments a year. Those tournaments bring in about 25 out-of-town teams. You, all of a sudden, you do the math. You're like, "Holy cow! Yeah, this really drives really. traffic." Yeah. I mean, currently, you know, at the the two Ford Ice Centers, we have a 40 team tournament in town that's going to be here for the next two weeks. So it's all I think 14 year olds, but they're from 12 different countries. So we have teams from Canada, wow. South America, and a bunch of teams from Europe, and then a handful of teams from the United States. Yeah. And that's what we do. And that's what's really important for us is to to make the facilities accessible for anybody 
but to drive traffic and drive these big events. So is it like a membership kind of base situation or you just pay for each time you come in? Yeah, it's both, right? And and that's what's important for us too is is we want to control the programming that's happening in the facility and we want to control the programming because it allows us to control the product that's being put on the ice, right? Where you, you, you look at so many rinks across the country and basically they're they're subbed out. You know, the youth hockey's run by this group and yeah. adult hockey's run by this and figure skating's run by this. Where for us, it's really important to to have some control over it so we can use our arm, our branch, you know, the Preds brand to drive traffic to get really good coaches for figure skating and for hockey to have really good adult league programs. So to answer your question, you will register for youth league like you do for little league baseball okay, or football. Right. The same thing for adult league hockey, right? You know, adult leagues are, are a massive sport. We have we have almost a thousand unique registrants just playing adult league hockey between the two buildings. Uh, same thing for figure skating. Now we will also have like the fun things like public skating where you you can just come with your kids or, or have a date night, you know, and, and skate around. And hold so you, don't have to, you don't have to wait till somebody pours a stream of ice downtown in a square to go ice skating. You can, if you just want to go, you just... Well, yeah, I mean, we'll have certain times for it. Right. It won't be all the time, but yeah, absolutely. You know, well, you'll price that. Yeah, and that's what's, you know, again, you, you see real, you're pushing 300, 400,000 people a year just to public skating, right? You know, that's, those are unique visitors coming to Sumner County, spending money in Sumner County and and, and eating dinner, right? Because they'll come, they'll ice skate, then they'll go to dinner right there. Or they'll, oh, yeah. they'll eat dinner, then they'll go ice skating or the last game will go to the movies like that's what that's what really drives traffic and makes it really good for the community it's not well, just I will tell you it, this could be a game changer for Sumner County I mean this uh, we have nothing like that here you know with all the big events coming to Sumner County this is just going to be one of those attractions that is will really draw people and of course the county mayors and the mayors enjoy that yeah. uh, you know sales tax revenue <laughs> that comes in for that so they're they're very excited about it so how did the Ford come about how did the name Ford I Centers. Yeah, you know, Ford has been a great partner since we opened the first Ford Ice. Okay. Um, again, they took a Ford's always been a really good partner of ours, the Preds brand for. So it's not a name; it's Ford, the company, Ford Motor Company. Yeah, well, it's the, so kinda. the Mid South Ford dealers, right. which is the okay. conglomerate in 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 uh, Tennessee. Um, they came together and said, yeah, no, we'll take a flyer. You guys are taking a flyer on building this first ice rink. We'll take a flyer with you. And they are so excited about what we've done. You know, just because part of it is, obviously, all the leagues, they're great, everything you do. But on top of it, we do about $350,000 worth of free programming a year, whether it's scholarships or equipment or ice time, where that really means a lot to Ford to see, you know, that type of participation. So so they've committed, you know, to Antioch and Bellevue and have committed for many years there. Um, they are 99.999% committed to uh, Sumner County and then... Um, you know, they're they're really committed to almost anything we do in ice. We know we're so excited about it. It's been the thing everybody's been talking about, and it's getting close. We're going to take this break, and when we come back, we're going to maybe talk some timeline Perfect. and also what people can expect when they go there. So that'll all be coming up right here as we continue to talk with Danny Butler with New Ford Ice Center coming right here to Sumner County, and we'll be right back with more of Sumner County Spotlight. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. And welcome back to Sumner County Spotlight. Jeff Shannon right here. We're going to continue our conversation with Danny Butler. Now, what is your official title? <laughs> My official title is Vice President and General Manager of Ford Ice Center. So that means you do everything. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I guess I explain what I do is anything that doesn't happen at Bridgestone Arena, I oversee. 
Right. So what we've done at the Fort Ice Centers, what we're doing in Summer County, what we're doing up in Clarksville are all projects that I oversee and then manage day to day once we open. Mm -hmm. Now, does each center have their own, they have their own manager for each facility? Yeah. Yeah. Each building probably, so the the way we work, each building probably has its own unique 10 to 15 full-time staff. Now they're about 65 to 70 part-time staff, Mm -hmm. but yeah, they each have their own manager, but basically we try to operate them pretty similar. You know, we have a hockey director who oversees hockey for all the facilities and then managers in each building for, for youth hockey and adult hockey. And then the same thing for the Scott Hamilton Skating Academy. So we have a skating director who oversees all of our programming and then managers at each facility for for learn to skate and our, our skating programs and then mm-hmm. obviously ice managers and booking managers and just day-to-day managers and food and beverage managers so what would the the site uh layout kind of look like if it and we're on radio so we have to use words <laughs> instead of visuals but it would paint a picture when somebody pulls into the parking lot is the entrance i always wonder this is the entrance to the facility going to be on shoot or or on nashville pike so it's going to be off shoot okay again a lot of things are still being confirmed mm-hmm. but it'll be off shoot so you'll t- come down shoot you'll take a left into the the parking lot okay i think it's actually technically going to be pecorine way oh um, is nice the name. like that um so you'll turn in there yeah and the building there is a creek that runs kind of alongside shoot lane so the front of the building will actually face that creek mm-hmm. um so you'll come in and you'll either be able to pull into one of the two sides of the facility okay and it's actually it's, it should be i love our two facilities that we currently have but i think this one's probably gonna be the nicest of the facilities you know working with the the smith or the other developers we really want to make this a really really nice high-end area so so there's going to be a boardwalk actually in front of the building so you can kind of go back and forth or just hang out outside and look at the creek and and i say wilderness but some tree like it won't be just a parking lot right so a little bit nicer so so there'll be entrances kind of on on either side uh again it'll flow a lot like our our facility in bellevue does it's a, a little bit closer to bellevue than antioch but definitely has pieces of of both so you can enter either side uh there's going to be a training facility in there so um any of our travel teams high school teams figure skaters they'll be able to to do some off-ice training in there there'll be a food and beverage area downstairs so a lot more like antioch a little bit higher end though but there won't be a a restaurant like we have in bellevue Mm -hmm. uh, just because there'll be so many other restaurants around the facility Mm -hmm. and then a a team store or probably going to be a piranis which is what we have in in the two other buildings so so a hockey shop Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. of sorts and then um, downstairs will also be our birthday party rooms so you want to have a birthday party there um, the space will be downstairs. So again, yeah, I guess it's more a combo of Antioch and Bellevue. Probably a little bit more features there. How many sheets you're going to have so there? Two sheets of ice okay. there. All right. Um, so again, falls kind of almost exactly in line as as the the other ones that we built. A little bit bigger than Antioch, smaller than Bellevue, but really high end finishes, high end kind of throughout the facility. So one sheet of ice will seat a thousand people, and that's an important number because it allows us to bid on a lot of different events. That if you don't have that thousand mark, you can't. Right. Get. So some USA hockey event, events, US figure skating events, you have to have those thousand seats to to get crowds in. So you saw that with what we do in Bellevue every year with the uh, the um, NCAA women's event. So mm-hmm. um, the last three years were two years of COVID screwed everything up. We hosted a four-team NCAA women's event. So we had t- four top 10 teams uh, on the women's side coming out to Bellevue the last couple of years. 
they play in front of about 900 people uh, each game. It's, it's pretty cool. So that that's what we're going to do out in uh, in Summer County as well. Mm-hmm. So. so you said that there should, there should be restaurants, and this is all walkable. So once you yeah. get there, you can park and just walk. What else is going to be around the center? Yeah, so uh, I don't know all the details. I wish it was developed mm-hmm. on it. Um, so the, <laughs> the, center, the center will be kind of center location of the property. I know some things are being added and changed, but I think right next to the rink, there's another activity center of some sort. You know, I know it's been mentioned maybe rock climbing or, or some other indoor sports. Um, so that'll be a really cool and really nice tie-in kind of on the south side of the property. On the north side, there's some retail I'm making up my directions. I don't know. Okay, yeah. on, on a sheet of paper, to me, it's north. Yeah. It could be southwest. I have no idea. Um, but the top of the, the property, that's where you see some of your retail uh, and your restaurants. And then I know there's some some mixed housing throughout the property as well. So, so will the the center be available for other types of events? I mean, is it something where you, you know, you know I guess down where you can put something on top of the ice and then hold like a concert or something of like that? No. I I shouldn't say no. It, we could. It, it, it's just, it's difficult in the sense of the rinks as they currently are, we're so busy. We open at 6 o'clock in the morning. We close at 1 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. You know, to take that away, you're taken away from something else, right? right. It, it just, it doesn't make a ton of sense. It's not built like a Bridgestone Arena or, or you know, an amphitheater or, you know, municipal downtown or Murphy Center. It's not really built for a concert. No, again, could you do it? Yes. Sure. Tonight in Bellevue, to kick off this big tournament we have, we built a stage on the ice. Okay. So you can do those things, yeah. um, but we're probably never going to cover it, you know, and and do much more. Maybe, maybe we look at it. You cover it for a few weeks in the summer. You put some turf down on top of it, and you do indoor soccer, indoor lacrosse, yeah. something like that. Yeah, but there's a lot of possibilities. There's for sure. possibilities. Uh, the demand for ice is so high. That I don't know where we're at yeah. the point where yeah. we're saying. Okay, Will we'll there be something. room to, uh, like, if somebody wanted to hold, like, a conference or meetings there? I know yeah, you have absolutely. the birthday room, but, uh, I mean, that's probably Yeah, no, the upstairs space, there's going to be a lot of room. And, again, the tie that we have with the Preds, um, the, the tie that we have with the Preds will give us the ability to use any of the property or any of the equipment that we need mm-hmm. to host those types of events. Mm-hmm. So we can, um, and we do in our other two facilities, right? We have the space that we'll do. I think we have a baby shower this weekend in one of our buildings. We've hosted weddings. We've hosted bar mitzvahs. We've hosted engagement parties. We've hosted weddings before. So we've done all of those things. Do we do them a lot? No, but can you do them? Absolutely. Well, now here's the here's the big question. Right. I know the big one. Our, our Tukey bird is seeing some competition coming into town. Okay. Our mascot. Are we going to have Nash's brother here? Maybe. Uh, you know, maybe. Uh, you know, they, they might have to duke it out at some point. These two. You know you, how these furries are. <laughs> uh, you know that'd be cool. Maybe we should have a, a brother at each facility. Currently, I guess Nash is single, um, but. I, anything's, yeah, possible. anything's possible at any time so you know it's <laughs> no that would be that would be exciting yeah, i think it'd be great well i gotta tell you i mean when we first heard this project was coming and i know our good friend barry young is so overly excited yep. about this i mean he is uh, ecstatic about having this because obviously the tourism that it's bringing to this area is going to be paramount and, and in line with all of the other events that we, we have uh here now so it, we're just so excited that you know you're going to be a part of this and that you're you're 
bringing this here to Sumner County. We're really excited about it. Every time we make an announcement or say something about building a rink or or doing anything, really, the first comment we always got is, when are you coming to Hendersonville? When are you coming to Gallatin? When are you coming to Sumner County? When, 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 when? Come on, everyone plays out here, right? JP Dew has a great hockey program out here. So there's a there, you know a ton of players coming from the Junior Preds that play out sure. here, right? Hendersonville has a great hockey team. So we knew the demand was there. Just it took finding the right partners. You know, all the governments coming together, right? Mayor Brown, Mayor Cleary, Mayor Holt, all working together to make this happen. Plus what the Smiths are doing. You know, it just, it, it took time and it's going to be awesome because Hendersonville is a huge market. We talked early, you know, before we got on about the inline rink, right? Inline's huge up here. Mm-hmm. So there's a huge demand for hockey, right? And inline and ice go hand in hand. So we're excited about being in this part of town. I think you're going to be so overrun. You're going to have to go 24 hours a day. I hope so. <laughs> that <laughs> would so, be nice. <laughs> we always mention it that you know we run two of the top five busiest ice rinks in the country, and I don't know how you really quantify that, but mm-hmm. we are as busy as you can possibly be, and, and the need for more ice is there. So, well, I, I got to tell you, everything that I've I've seen, and I've been to several Predators games, and I've seen the kids in inline hockey, and I've seen these people on ice. How they can even stand up is blows my mind. <laughs> Me too, especially the refs. <laughs> now the refs, these guys have extra set of skills mm-hmm. because they have to move really quick and jump <laughs> and doing all this stuff all the and time. And they don't take breaks. No, that's right. <laughs> but it, it is fascinating to watch people on ice and how they're able to be that fast and that agile where I'd be laying on the ground. <laughs> it is amazing. And, and again, that's what we pride ourselves on a little bit, right? Playing almost any other sport, all you have to do is know how to walk or run, you know, put on a pair of cleats or tennis shoes. And you're out there where hockey, you have to learn how to ice skate before you can do anything else. Totally. And that's what's important to us. We want to make sure we have all those steps so you can be a three-year-old and getting on the ice for the first time and figuring out how to skate. So then you can figure out if you want to be a figure skater or a hockey player or if you want to learn how to skate when you're 65 years old. We have those opportunities mm-hmm. because, again, it's it's a fun sport. You burn a million calories, and uh, but you have to have the right steps in place, and I mm-hmm. think that's what we do well. So we had talked before about uh, public skate. And so that, that'll be on the schedule. So you have certain times where people can come in and do that. And it's just a, they could just go around in the circle and do their little tricks that they like mm-hmm. to do on ice. When they come in, that'll be like, okay, just a rank charge you uh-huh. come in because it's just obviously not something you're going to do all the time. Would they be able to get a membership? Let's say somebody wants to come all the time, yeah. just do public skating. That'll yep. be available as well. Yep, absolutely. So typically what we try to do is we typically run public skates five to, at least five days a week during the week. Okay. It, it, it gets really tight after school. So so if it's during the day, during the school year, you, I get that you can't come all the time. But, right. but we always try to run one on a Friday, a Saturday, and a Sunday. Okay. So there's always an opportunity to come out. But typically, yeah, we'll sell... Um, we call them more punch passes or, or memberships. You can buy 10 at once, 20 at once, okay. 100 at once. You can buy gift cards for your kids to come out and skate. Wow. But uh, yeah, you just come out and use them. It's it's a pretty cheap way to come out. You know, 10 bucks, you get a pair of skates to rent, skate for a couple hours. Oh, so you could do uh, that. Just like you go bowling, you rent the shoes? Okay. It's exactly like bowling. You yeah. just show up, bring your skates, bring $10, <laughs> and uh, you go skate for a little while. No. You know, if you haven't skated in a while, you're probably not skating all two hours. Your feet might hurt a little bit, but... <laughs> but you have the opportunity. Or your so. ankles fold in. I mean, that, that would be me. That would be, be like, you know, my ankles are it's, sideways. It's me too. So that's right. <laughs> All right. So here is your big question yep. of the day. And you know what's coming. More Man. furries? Oh, well, we can have more furries. We can. Oh, a furry skate off. All right. The opening date. A proc, it's yeah, hard because of construction costs it, and delays. Right. But. Obviously, construction right now it throws everything off just with cost and delays and and everything everyone's dealing with in the world um 
we would love to be able to have some people ice skating late summers, fall of 23. Okay. Um, that'll mean a lot's going to happen here in the next four or five months, which it is. I mean, we're we're progressing pretty well. We have designs of the facility already done. Uh, I know there's some property work being done. So construction takes about 12 to 16 months. Again, lead times are changing everything right now. We're dealing with that in our the FNM Bank Arena that we're building up in Clarksville now, right? You know, as much as we want to have a hard timeline of when we're opening, mm-hmm. there's so many unknowns right now, which are so different than our last few construction projects. But but that would be the hope. And ultimately, our goal is, even if the building's not 100% ready in that fall of 23, if we can at least have ice mm-hmm. available and allowing teams to start skating, right? So it follows along that hockey season a little bit. Mm-hmm. So we can say, okay, yeah, we're open or start driving some tournaments out there. Even if the rest of the amenities aren't done yet, if we can get some people on the ice, that that's our ultimate goal yeah. and, and how we operate. No, that's uh, it's exciting. But, you know, with the amount of excitement for ice hockey, I mean, it, that's got to be just the talk of everywhere here in Sumner County. Yeah. So get ready. You're going to be uh, you're going to be busy. For- that's going to be fun. <laughs> OK, so we're looking at a approximate open in 2023 in the summer time. Yep. And, and we'll keep an eye on it. Mm-hmm. But I think what what I was going to say is that it's going to take you a year just to blast that ground. Why? Why? And that it's huge back there, and that's a lot of property. Yeah, it's a lot of property, a lot of rock. I'm not an engineer, so hopefully they start soon and and get us going. Or maybe we just use the rock as uh, like they did in the old days and use it as footings. You know, all the uh, adjacent residents um, prepare. for some shock but yeah, hey, well. trust me it's going to be worth it folks i mean this is going to be a magnificent facility and a big game changer for sumner county so uh, danny butler appreciate you coming out and visiting with us and just giving us an update we'll have to have you back Absolutely. as we as we get more progress and anytime and we're your friends here yeah no it'll be exciting hopefully we do groundbreaking this summer so we can do an event around there and right. we like to do events big so so That's... at groundbreaking we'll we'll have a fun event and then uh as we get closer Love it. So that'll be great. All right, that's going to wrap up this segment of Sumner County Spotlight uh, with Jeff Shannon. We appreciate it. We'll be back with more of Sumner County Spotlight. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. And we're back with more Sumner County Spotlight. I'm Jeff Shannon, and this Sunday morning, we're going to continue the spotlight, and we have a special guest in the studio, and you might know her. You've probably She's been around a little bit, uh, just a minute or two. We've got Lee Rucks in here, and she's the president of Leadership Middle Tennessee. And Lee, welcome to the show. And I, you know, I've heard about Leadership Middle Tennessee and what a great job you've done. Of course, my wife went through the course, and so we get to see a lot of uh, all the great information on there. But let's kick it off. Tell a little bit about yourself, how you got to where you're at right now. Sure. Thank you. Thanks, Jeff, for having me. So my husband and I moved to Hendersonville, Tennessee in January of 2010. And I had been through Leadership Anderson prior to that. And then when we joined the community of Hendersonville and Sumner County, we asked a question to our realtor on how do we get involved? And, you know, we want to give back to our community. So she recommended that one of us join Rotary, another one go through Leadership Sumner. Well, both of us ended up going through Leadership Sumner. I went through in 2011. And then my husband, Matt, went through in 2012. And so this opportunity presented itself in 
early 2016 and there was a chamber email blast that went out to all 10 counties that surround Nashville and it was a position uh, president of leadership middle Tennessee and I thought I remember being in in our business at Christian Brothers Automotive and turned my chair around and I said Matt what do you think and he said well you might as well apply I mean you're kind of <laughs> drinking the leadership Kool-Aid you've been through leadership Anderson you've been through leadership <laughs> Sumner so the worst thing they can say is no and so anyway I applied for the position and I think there were 36 candidates it was narrowed down to three and I received the offer in April of 2016 and I started with my first class that fall uh, with the class of 2017. For those who might not know they might have heard of something like this tell us what leadership is what's what's its purpose. So okay so most most everyone they're familiar with the leader the county leadership programs but basically what it is is ours is a regional program so we cover 10 counties and when I say we cover we spend a day and a half in each of those counties learning about a regional topic that is assigned to that county for a reason. So we start out with an opening retreat at Camp Wagon, which is on Percy Priest Lake, YMCA, Josie Davis Outdoor Center. So we're there for a mandatory two-day retreat and then once a month we are touring a county and we are learning about the regional topic that's assigned to that county. It is truly for people that are already leaders in the region that just want to become more Mm community-minded. They want to think across those county lines and they want to uh, have that connectivity. You have somebody, let's say they have a business and they just want to get more involved. What this does is kind of enlightens them of what's available in Middle Tennessee. Now, each one, like say Sumner, would just focus on Sumner County and so on and so forth. But in Middle Tennessee, it's a little bit broader, but you can also step up to Leadership Tennessee, which then, of course, that's a lot more involved because you're covering the entire state. Correct. So Leadership Tennessee has I believe five or six different two-day sessions where they are in Bristol, they're in Chattanooga, they're in Memphis, they are in Knoxville, they're in Nashville, they're you know all over the the state. So it is truly taking it to the next level. A lot of people ask, you have to go through a county leadership program first to be qualified for leadership Middle Tennessee, and that's not necessarily the case. Okay. We have some that go through the state program and then they circle back around to leadership Middle Tennessee. Some people go through leadership Middle Tennessee and then they go back to their county. Mm -hmm. So there's really no rhyme or reason, but it is favorable if you have gone through a leadership, a county leadership program or another leadership program like leadership law or, you know, some of the other that might be more occupation specific. So yes, that does obviously look favorable on your application, but it is not a requirement. But like you said, it it looks good, but it looks really good on the resume when you you say that you've been through these courses. Correct. That means you're serious. If you're, if you're taking a, this, this kind of course, which is pretty in depth, and I think it's it really an uh, eye opener for a lot of folks to know exactly what's going on in your in your region or in your area. Correct, correct. And we've we've been around. This is our twenty second year. So we started in two thousand, and we have six hundred and twenty alumni now. So it's not just so much what you get out of the program when you go through this 11-month journey together, but it's also the connections that you make with the alumni as you become an alum and hopefully stay involved. Yeah, because the the, the connections are so important. And, And just like in any kind of business, it's really all who you know. 
Exactly. But you really kind of get to know these folks uh, pretty good because you're spending a lot of time with them. And these could be CEOs of major corporations. I mean, they could be business owners. They could be any kind of walk of life, actually, I guess. You stole the words right out of my mouth. (laughs) We do bring in all walks of life. So we have government. We have nonprofit. We have for-profit. We have entrepreneurs. We have education. We have military. And I think that's one, one thing that makes our program so unique is that, you know, the county programs spend one day in each county once a month, mm-hmm. but our program spends a day and a half in each county. So we start at noon on Wednesday and we load up on a bus and we're all over one part of the county, come back after dinner, and then we have our, our go-go's that like to go out afterwards. And then the next morning we're boarding back on a bus and we're touring a whole separate side of the county and coming back. And we're usually finished between three and four on that Thursday afternoon. But back to your point of all different occupations, it truly is a very diverse group. And I think that's one thing that makes our program so unique. And we we assign buddies, different buddies, each session. So if you're an introvert and you want to sit on the back of the bus, <laughs> you might run into a little problem there because you will be asked to sit with your buddy yeah. and get to know your buddy. Well, I think once people loosen up a little bit, then you know, mm-hmm. next thing you know, they're the party animal. That's right. <laughs> they become the go-go. Well, I mean, there's a lot of benefits for, for going through this program. And I, I like I said before, I think it, it helps you to learn the region or the area that you're in, what that could hold for you in the future, because you might see something that registers with you or a contact that you might make is very beneficial to to what you want to do. Absolutely. We have had quite a few success stories that have been, I guess, come come out of leadership Middle Tennessee. We've had careers that have changed because they didn't know about, you know, a certain line of of work. Uh, We've seen people that have really taken a lot away from, let's say, a downtown development in one county that seems to be thriving. Well, they brought it back to their home county and they have, you know, through those connections have brought in a downtown development program to their county. I mean, there's just a million different uh, examples that I can share with you, but it has been very rewarding in my six years of uh, watching, I, you know, I get 40 new friends every year, and it's just <laughs> so fun to see all those connections being made and, and continue to be made as, as alumni. Who's the most famous person that's been through this program? Ooh. <laughs> well, I'll tell you right now, we have uh, quite a few that are in this current class. Shane Foster is a former pro basketball player, also former Vanderbilt basketball player. They just retired his jersey first part of February, mm-hmm. and half the class showed up to cheer him on at halftime, so that was fun. We have the CEO of Wilson Bacon Trust, who is a local celebrity in my mind, uh, John McDearman, who is in the current class. Uh, we also have the new director of of the Nashville Super Speedway, who is a part of this year's class. Diane Black is one, I guess, celebrity <laughs> that comes to mind. Uh, she uh, graduated in 2002, so she was in the second class and has continued to give back to our organization throughout the years. Yeah. I mean, they, like I said, these these people are, you develop these relationships and friendships. And, and really, in business, it's all about relationships anyway. It's not about, hey, here's my business card. It's about that, that bond that you create. And this gives a, more of a chance to 
to learn more about that person. Maybe they're intimidated by such an individual, but as you get to know them, they're just people. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And one of my favorite little stories, Jeff, was a couple of years ago at the opening retreat, this this class member named Ryan was introduced to a retired general from the Marines. And so, you know, the general introduced himself and gave his whole big spiel. And Ryan just put his hand out and he said, I'm Ryan. You know, he just shook his hand like, I don't, I can't even compete with that. But, you know, yes, there is some intimidation, but it does connect and it does help them to get to know one another. And they, that's one thing that they say every year after the opening retreat, we were so intimidated when we saw the class directory and we saw all these, you know, titles and, you know, what they had been through and read their bios. And then we realized that they, you know, they put their pants on one leg at a time, just like we do. So, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's very true. I mean, even, even celebrities. It's uh, once you meet them, you go, wow, it was so down to earth, you know, (laughs) that kind of thing. But I think what you can learn from this and each uh, location that you go to throughout the the program, you're actually having a speaker come and, and instruct about what this area is so they're really learning in depth what this uh, this part of the the stop is correct so and one thing it's not just speakers that we find within that county it's regional and sometimes state level speakers that we bring in so for example sports and tourism was our topic for Sumner County session which was just last week and we brought in a sports panel so we had a representative from the Predators from the Titans from Nashville Soccer Club from Nashville Sounds and they all spoke about why sports is important to the region, not just to Sumner County. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And that's that's incredible when you, you don't get a chance to hear those folks that often. So if you have the opportunity to do so, that that's pretty incredible. Do you do, you do this all yourself? Do you have a staff? I mean... Uh... I do. I, I, I Sometimes I feel like I'm alone on an island, but uh, yes, I am I am it. I share office space with uh, Spencer Fain, Bo McAllister law firm here in mm-hmm. town. We call it the Twin Towers. I'm over right near our uh, our shop, right near Christian Brothers, and they have given me office space, so I'm extremely appreciative of that. I do have an a, an administrative assistant who is working for me remote, and she works 20 hours a week, so she mm-hmm. helps me with a lot of the materials that have to go out to the class, you know, ahead of time before session, and she kind of keeps me sane. <laughs> yeah. Now, I guess what you since these courses run, you've already got the next class probably planned ahead of time because you can't do that last minute because you have to transfer all these people everywhere. correct yeah. correct so uh we we actually have a three-year forward plan that we that are i have a board of about 32 members and they are comprised of alumni from all 10 counties and so they help me with my forward planning we do have our programming set for the class of 2023 so we always name our class by the year that they graduate so they will graduate in june of 2023 mm-hmm. and we do have those topics and the the session dates already out there. Uh, we have a year-round application process, and so those dates have to be set the year before in order for, for them to kind of know and be able to save those dates on their calendar until they hear from me. Yes. Now, how involved is the board in all of your activities? Very. So we have we have a board, like, like I said, that's comprised of about 30 to 32 members, and we have quarterly meetings, and we also invite them and encourage them to attend all of our alumni events. We have about three or four alumni events every year. We have a Nashville Sounds Night, Alumni Sounds Night, that's coming up on July 14th. And then we always meet for a holiday party the Tuesday after Thanksgiving every year and bring in the alumni then. We 
We also invite the alumni to the opening retreat, as I mentioned earlier, that's on Percy Priest Lake, so that they can come in and meet the class, the new class that's just come in. And then we also bring them back to commencement, which is at Adventure Science Center on June 14th, where we'll be graduating the class of 2022. Right. So they're invited to multiple things throughout the year to, to stay involved in. And I would say that I have a very active working board. Sure. So is leadership, uh, is it a nonprofit? It is a nonprofit, okay. 501c3. Okay. So if, if somebody wanted to get involved, get more information uh, about Leadership Middle Tennessee, how would they get in touch with yeah, you? Yeah. The best way is through our website, which is leadmt.org, or they can reach me in my office, and I'll be happy to share that number. <laughs> it's 615-782-6799. Well, a lot of people are looking at this, and they might have heard of all these leadership type of courses. And if you want to get involved in this, this is where you're going to get the information and definitely is beneficial. It's going to open your eyes up to the area, especially if you're new. And I think somebody coming to Middle Tennessee, which we have a lot of those people <laughs> moving here, uh, this is going to be a way to really learn this area tremendously and make some great contacts. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've never had anybody that has gone through the program that said, you know, that was a waste of time. <laughs> Everybody that goes through it, you know, they don't think they have the time for it. They're concerned about, you know, being able to carve a day and a half out on their calendar every month. But once they get into it, Jeff, they start mm-hmm. seeing the rewards, which is really cool. And then they don't want to miss it. And they're and they're excited about the next session yeah. because they know that they've made these, you know, connections with these new friends of theirs, which hopefully will become lifetime friends. Sure, absolutely. We're talking with Lee Rux. She's the president of Leadership Middle Tennessee. And we're going to be uh, continuing our conversation. And we'll be right back with more of Sumner County Spotlight. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. Well, we're back with more of Sumner County Spotlight, uh, speaking with Lee Rux, and she's the president of Leadership Middle Tennessee. And Lee, I know this is a pretty prestigious organization to, to get involved with, but it's not easy as that. It, there, there's a process that goes through, and not everybody makes it. So I, I understand you have a, a cutoff coming up for the new applications. I do. Uh, so the application deadline has been extended to May 20th. So next Friday, May 20th is our cutoff. And if you're interested in applying, you can go to our website, which is leadmt.org backslash apply and that will take you to our application there are a few things that are required uh, as you submit that application Uh, we will need a headshot a brief bio i don't need a resume 150 words or less and then also two letters of recommendation and one of those letters will need to come from an lmt alum oh interesting okay so you have to be kind of recommended and uh, to get into that so once they submit this application how long does it take to, to get approved yeah great question So we have a selection committee that is anonymous, and they are comprised of alumni from our 10-county region. And so they will meet with me in Nashville on Tuesday, June 28th, and we will select the next class. We have about 75 to 80 applications come in every year, and we usually bring in about 38 to 40. That's about how many my bus will hold. Mm -hmm. And so we bring them in. uh, So notifications actually go out by July 1st. So we will uh, let you know 
know if you've been accepted or if you've not been accepted, I would encourage you to reapply next year because as you mentioned, Jeff, it is a very competitive process. Sure. All right. Here's the question. Do we get a lot from Sumner County? We do get a lot from Sumner (laughs) County. We normally have about eight or 10, sometimes 12 that apply. And we are, we we typically select about three or four. Again, it depends on our applicants, how many we get in. It is truly a balancing act during that selection committee meeting on not just all walks of life of of occupations, but also minority, non-minority, for-profit, not-for-profit, male, female. You know, it's it's truly a balancing act. So you have a pretty good diverse group going into this. We do. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have more diversity in this year's class than we've ever had. We are at 27% minority to non-minority. I bet you don't have any radio people in there. (laughs) We don't. You don't apply. You you don't qualify. (laughs) So is there a cost to do this? There is a cost. Tuition is $1,500, and that covers all of the transportation. As I mentioned, we are on a bus, so we hire Grayline Transportation to be our bus for the for the sessions. And then also that covers any catering. That covers all of our event venue rental. If we have tickets that need to be purchased for, say, James K. Polk Museum in downtown Columbia, or a ticket to ride on the Music City Star train, you know, there, there are all other expenses that come up. But that 1500 covers all of that. The only thing that you're that it does not cover is your lodging. So you are required to stay in that county. As I mentioned, we're a day and a half program in each of those counties. So you are required to stay in that hotel that's assigned to that county and you will receive that information upon acceptance into the program so that you can go ahead and make those Mm -hmm. reservations. I do have a discounted room rate uh, secured in each of those hotels. Sure. And it's a tax write-off. It's a business expense. Correct. Correct. And if if it is your home county, when we do get to your home county, you can sleep in your own bed. You don't have that's right. <laughs> That's always good. Now, if somebody wanted, to, if they were accepted, then the tuitions have to be paid for by August August 1st. first. Okay. Yes, and uh, my board did approve to break it up into two calendar years for those that may be paying personally out of pocket. So we do have an option where they can pay seven fifty by August first, and the remaining seven fifty by January first. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the knowledge that they're they're going to gain from this, I think, is uh, tremendous, and it's just such good information to have. Because I know when we moved here, gosh, back in sixteen didn't really know a whole lot about this area. It's so vast. There's so many things to do. This would have been incredible to, to learn all of these great things. And you take them to some pretty prominent places. Yes, we have we have really had a, a great experience. And as I mentioned, the alums, several, uh, most of them are still really involved. And one of them in particular, who is adjutant general in the Tennessee Army National Guard, approves for our class every year, weather and equipment permitting, to fly in Black Hawk helicopters and see the region from a That's whole fun. different perspective. Absolutely. I mean, that would just, that would be incredible to do. And you, know, you go up to um, up to Clarksville for that, right? Well, no, actually that, when we, that's a whole separate tour than when we get to tour Fort Campbell. Okay, got it. So this is actually during our transportation session in Wilson County. So as uh, Jeff mentioned to me, they can fly anywhere that has a county airport. So, so we are actually in Wilson County learning about all different facets of transportation. And uh, so that's why we built them into that session. That, that sounds like a whole lot of fun. I mean, I know when Kathleen
plane went through it, she was just always raving about all the different areas that you would would go to, and it's it's a it's a great thing. So, who created this whole leadership concept from the very beginning? I mean, how did that come about? That's a great question. Back in 1999, there was a, a collaborative effort from a group of individuals that back during Partnership 2000, as as they called it, on how our counties could all come together and think collaboratively so that we can truly cross over those county lines. So it was a group of individuals and we started in, uh, our home office was in MTSU. We were there for 15 years. It was led by Susan Taylor. And when she retired, Patty James, who was a class of 2006 graduate, ran the program for a couple of years. And then I've been running it ever since. So we were at MTSU for 15 years. Then we moved to Cumberland for two years. And now, as I mentioned, we're in Hendersonville. And I only have a three-mile commute uh, that's, to my that's house. That's even better. <laughs> <laughs> that's better than trying to drive to MTSU. Yes. I mean, that's a, that's almost a nightmare at some times. But, uh, so what kind of things do we have uh, coming up? Uh, any any great news coming up here? Yeah, so let's see. We have, as I mentioned, commencement is on June 14th. And uh, then we'll have our Alumni Sounds Night on July 14th. And if you're interested in buying a ticket to that event, we are opening it up to guests and to prospects that would just want to know more about Leadership Middle Tennessee. Mm-hmm. You're welcome to be my guest. And But I do, I do think overall it is truly a rewarding program. Our mission statement used to be a paragraph long and we shortened it to four <laughs> words and it is to inspire regional leadership. I was so happy they shortened that mission statement because none of my board members knew it. It evolved out of our strategic planning process in 2019 and that's truly what we do. We are inspiring regional leadership. That's incredible and there's so many folks out here that just really want to advance themselves but this is a great way and like I said before in any any time of business it's all about relationships and to me that would probably be one of the most important factors of doing this so you can make the contacts of people you probably would never even get a chance to be around so it's it's a it's a tremendous thing since it's a nonprofit and people are really excited about this they can also just donate to you oh absolutely leadmt.org backslash donate did you see how fast i will rattle <laughs> that, that off <laughs> you got that down for sure <laughs> yes absolutely and we are funded solely by our alumni and also our our corporate sponsors so mm-hmm. that's it now we don't have government funding we are not you know we're not affiliated with the chamber a lot of people think we are but we're not we are a separate standalone 501c3 organization and they can make like um, I guess recurring monthly donations instead of or just one big one they can they can they can choose however they prefer to do that like I said we we, we operate on about a two hundred thousand dollar budget and so that kind of gives you an idea uh, we just recently participated in the big payback which I'm I sure heard. a lot of people are familiar with but oh, that yeah. was through the community foundation and we brought in $16,725 so very thankful to all of the alumni that participated in in that 24-hour online giving campaign the donations that you get aside from the class when they're making their payments for that. Of course, that those payments go towards the expenses of that class and, and doing it. But the donations that are held in here, you use that for operating budgets and correct. Conti- for future classes and everything else. Correct, yeah. correct. And if you looked at that amount that we actually charge for tuition, I know that they feel like that it's a bargain to go through because of the experiences, the once-in-a-lifetime experiences that they're getting to have. They get the unique opportunity to see kind of a behind 
behind the scenes look and and you know as i mentioned meet key leaders in their community in their region and in their state that they never would have had that opportunity to be a part of before that's great now i guess a business they can be a partner with you as well they they can we have a business partnership uh, that we just rolled out this year mm-hmm. starting as as small as 2500 and going all the way up to 10000 and there are different levels and that information is on our website yeah. i mean the, the website <laughs> i'm looking at it here it's just just packed with full of information and it's very easy to navigate and that's a good thing because people get you know frustrated sometimes but it's a uh, lead l-e-a-d-m-t uh, dot org and you can check that website out and it's going to give you all the information right there and the, they feel free to shoot you an email it's what what was that again it's president at leadmt.org. Right, and you're located right here in, in Hendersonville. Is there somebody in the office all the time? Yes, we are there. I, I am there, rather. <laughs> uh, eight to five, Monday through Friday. And two, a couple of other things I want to share real quick is that each class has a fundraiser that they put on, and that also helps to sustain our program and keep that uh, tuition rate discounted. And then we also have a service project that we do every year. Okay. And so the service project can range from anything from collecting peanut butter for a food drive, you know, across the 10 counties. Two requirements are they have to cover 10 counties and they also need to bring in the alumni and get them involved. So this year, last year rather, they did, they collected hygiene bags for the homeless. So every year has a different, this year, uh, the director of Souls for Souls in Nashville is in our current class. And so they wanted to give back to that organization. So we collected children's athletic shoes all over 10 county region and, and brought them together. So it's fun to see the class truly using their leadership skills to not only run a fundraiser, but also run a service project during the course of their 11-month journey together. Well, back when the tornadoes came through, that was probably a, a real big task for you. For, it was, for, for sure. That. Yeah, that was that was we had amazing. A couple of my venues that we were going to be touring on day two in Wilson County shut down entirely because of damage to their showroom. Uh, we went ahead with it. Uh, we had to cut our session a little short that day, but, but that was when truly the world shut down. And we did not meet again. We didn't have our last three sessions for the class of 2020. We didn't have any programming in 2021. So we did allow them to graduate finally after 665 (laughs) active days of being um, in the program. And then they have been asked to join the class of 2022 for the last three sessions this spring that they didn't get to attend. And it's pretty uh, exciting to see people getting excited about graduating. That they've actually went through this course and then have all of those memories, all of the education that they got. I mean, they've got to walk away, you know, feeling a sense of pride for that. Absolutely. And we had an exciting memory happen last Thursday after we we were wrapping up Sumner County session and Old Hickory Lake is such a huge part of, of Sumner County. So we oh, wanted I heard to, about this. I heard that. <laughs> so we wanted to get them out on Old Hickory. And so we brought them out. We had five boat captains lined up on five <laughs> pontoons and we were watching the radar and we were a little nervous. For those of you who remember last Thursday, we had a little pop up storm and we might have become drenched rats out there on Old Hickory. So they will never forget Old Hickory Lake. See? <laughs> we have Sumner County has a big impact on people. <laughs> yeah, I, I did see some of those pictures and it was uh, yeah quite interesting. <laughs> but there was even hail happening. There was a little wow. bit of hail. Yeah. yeah, we were honestly very concerned. We did a star tour, you know, because that's what you do on yeah, Old Hickory. Sure. You see where all the stars lived or are currently living. And right after we turned at Johnny Cash ruins we were headed back to Sanders Ferry and we could just tell the bottom was coming (laughs) is gonna fall on our heads but they were very good sports about it well 
that sounds like a lot of fun, a lot of education, and some some great inspiration. Uh, we've been talking with Lee Rocks, the president of Leadership Middle Tennessee, and the office is located right here in Hendersonville. The website, again, just so you have it, uh, leadmt.org. Check that out. So, Lee, thanks for taking time to, to come in and talk to us. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jeff. I appreciate it. So that's going to wrap up this edition of Sumner County Spotlight, sponsored by our friends at FNM Bank at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard right here in Hendersonville. I'm Jeff Shannon. We'll check you next week for more of Sumner County Spotlight. Sumner County Spotlight on 100.7 WHIN 1010 AM has been brought to you exclusively by FNM Bank, 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. Whether you need personal banking, banking for your business, a home mortgage, or considering refinancing your home, FNM Bank will provide you with excellent service right here in Sumner County. Visit them today at myfmbank.com. Sumner County Spotlight will return next Sunday morning at 10 AM. Thanks for listening.